Hello, hello. You're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. First, and as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are six months into the No Fucks Given podcast, getting close to the end of season one here. And I have spent a lot of time explaining to you over the course of the last six months how to calm the fuck down. I focused on it in episodes 10 and 11 and again in episode 23. So now I want to devote an entire episode to what comes next, which is just fucking dealing with it, whatever it is. You've calmed the fuck down about it. Now you have to deal with it. You have to solve the problem. If you need a refresher on anxiety management, you can go back to those episodes I just mentioned. But basically, what we're talking about here is my tried and true three-pronged approach, which is acknowledge, accept, address. You have to acknowledge the shit that's happened to you or that's about to happen. You have to accept the reality of the situation, a.k.a. the things you cannot control, And then you have to address what you can control. So this week's episode is all about addressing, also known as just fucking dealing with it. Today I'm going to talk about the spectrum of dealing with it, which goes anywhere from a full fix all the way down to just basic survival mode. I'll talk about my three principles of dealing with it from my book Calm the Fuck Down. Introduce the concept of RIOs, your realistic ideal outcomes. And I'm going to walk you through a bunch of examples, some of them from my own life and some that I just made up to prove to you that all of the tools and concepts and skills and techniques that I've been teaching on the No Fucks Given podcast can apply universally to whatever shitstorm is on its way to your door right now. As always, listen to the end for your NFG tip of the week. Oh, and before I dive in, just a reminder, you can visit nofucksgivenguides.com for more info on my books and the journals, for the show notes to this podcast and links to downloads and stuff I might mention on here. And like I said, you can always go back and listen to episodes 10, 11, and 23 if you need a refresher on dealing with anxiety. Okay, here we go. Just fucking deal with it. So I mentioned a second ago that I wrote a book called Calm the Fuck Down, and you may not know this, or you might if you've read it, but only half of that book is focused on calming the fuck down and taming anxiety of all stripes, both the clinical daily anxiety that I suffer from and also just worries and discrete periods of anxiety that happen to all of us at some point or another. The other half of that book is focused on dealing with it, whatever it may be, because shit happens to all of us all the time, and we have to be able to cope. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me reference my Sarah Knight shitstorm scale, which is a way to help you prioritize what you need to be worrying about and if you need to be worrying about it now. If it's a one or a two on the shitstorm scale, That means it's not very likely to happen. If it's a four, it's highly likely. And if it's a five, it's inevitable. And once you've wrapped your head around the things that you really do or do not need to be worrying about, then you go ahead and prioritize them by urgency, one of my favorite ways to organize my mind and my life. 
And you have to ask yourself if the shitstorm is outlying, you know, it's not here yet, it won't be here for a while, is it imminent, it is about to befall you, or has it already happened, it is a total shitstorm. So what we're focusing on today are those total shitstorms, they've already happened, and you have to deal with them. And the idea behind my book and my whole approach to life is you need to be able to calm down, make decisions, and take action to make things better. Take action on the aspects that you can control. If you listen to episode 23, you'll remember that inaction leads to freaking out and making things worse. Not everything can be completely solved, guys, but it also doesn't have to leave you completely incapacitated. The whole idea is you gotta find a way to make it better for you, okay? So the spectrum of dealing with it goes anywhere from a full fix to what I'd call a salvage job and then on down to simple basic survival. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you've got a brand new iPhone. What's, what's the new one? Is it like a 12? You've got an iPhone 12 and you just left it on a city bus and you got off the bus and you started walking to work and you realized it about three seconds later and you heard the like hydraulics of the bus getting ready to power up and take off down the street and you were able to turn around and run fast enough to catch up to the door and bang on the door and the driver stopped and you said, I left my iPhone on the bus and they let you back on and you found it in your seat and you got it and everything was okay. That is a full fix. A total shitstorm befell you and you left your very expensive iPhone 12 on a city bus, but you remembered it in time and you were able to control the speed at which your little feet carried you up to the side of that bus and you got it back. And no harm, no foul. You might be a little sweaty, but you got your phone back. So that is a full fix. Now, let's say you did not realize it in time or your little feet were not fast enough to carry you up to the side of that bus. And let's say you spent an hour later in the day on hold with the city lost and found system. And the fact is your iPhone 12 is gone forever and you are going to have to buy a new one. That sucks, and you're going to have to outlay a lot of what I call your freakout funds, your time, energy, and money to solve this crisis. But let's say you have that time, energy, and money, so you put them to use. Uh, no Chinese takeout for you for the next two years because you've had to buy yourself a new phone. However, you do have, ultimately, a phone, and you can go on with your life. That is what I would call a salvage job. It's not a full fix because it costs you a lot of time, energy, and money to solve the problem, but... You do have basically what you needed in the first place, your phone. So that is a salvage job. Another version of a salvage job in this scenario might be that you cannot afford to just go buy yourself a brand new iPhone 12. I mean, whomst among us, really. So you get like a refurbished 8 off of eBay and you go on with your day. You know, you've lost a little bit. Uh, you've spent a little bit, but you're still, you're still in the game. You've got a phone. It's not the one you wanted. You're kicking yourself for leaving it on a bus. But you have uh, demonstrated that you are capable of salvaging the situation. And finally, maybe this is a really big fucking deal and you can't afford a new iPhone 8 off of eBay either. But you can go to Radio Shack and get yourself a burner and spend the next week or two emailing all your Facebook contacts and asking you to send them their numbers via smoke signal or whatever you have to do to, as I said, just get back in the game. But still, you have salvaged it. You've got a phone of some sort. You can contact people. They can contact you. Uh, it's a little bit more outlay of your time and energy freakout funds if you couldn't afford 
to uh, outlay those those money freakout funds. And also maybe you're drawing a little bit from the fourth fund, the goodwill of others, which I also talked about back in episode 23. But these are all a way that you can conduct a salvage job in terms of dealing with the total shitstorm that has befallen you. The next layer of the spectrum here is just basic survival. So let's say that you are actually between jobs right now. You got off that city bus and you were on your way to an interview and you left your phone on the bus and you didn't get it back. And you went to your interview and you were flustered, uh, but you pulled yourself together because you have studied the anxiety tips that I've already given in the No Fucks Given podcast. And you had the wherewithal to let them know that you are currently without the contact number on your resume, but they can always reach you by email and you will reach out to them later in the day with an alternate number where they can contact you with any follow-up questions. Thank you so much and good day. All right, you've left. You're flustered, as I said, but you worked it out. You made sure that they were going to be able to reach you and now you have to figure out something to survive the next few weeks because you are between jobs, which means you cannot afford a new phone whatsoever. What are you going to do? You're going to just fucking deal with it. One option might be reaching out to your family and friends and asking if anybody has an old phone laying around that they would be able to lend you that you could power up and use as an interim solution. This actually happened to my husband recently because we live in the Dominican Republic in a place where it's uh, nearly impossible to receive timely mail of any kind and certainly not timely cheap mail and his iPhone bricked on him and it was going to be really, really difficult to get a new one. But I happened to have an oldie sitting around in my night table drawer because I never threw it away. I never threw away my 5SE or whatever it was uh, when I got my new phone a couple of years ago. So he was able to use that to get him through until we could actually get to an Apple store in the first world and solve his problem for good. So maybe you make a few more withdrawals from the fourth fund, the goodwill of others, and see if anybody can help you out in the interim. Uh, And there are other ways, you know, maybe you can ask somebody for a loan to help you buy that cheapy burner phone from Radio Shack to get you through until you get that new job and you can pay them back. Or maybe you can call your cell phone provider and inquire about payment plan possibilities. But in any case, don't forget that once you do have an alternate means of communication, you should reach out to all of the prospective employers that you have resumes in with and update your contact info for them. But you've done it. You have survived this total shitstorm. Congratulations. Um, What we're looking for here, guys, is just finding a way, finding a way through the shitstorm and out the other side and keeping yourself as calm and as focused on problem solving as you can by addressing the things you can control as is possible. Next up, I am going to talk about the three principles of dealing with it, how to get you from freaking out to dealing with it in the moment. Okay, folks, so you may also know that I wrote a different book called Get Your Shit Together. And the difference between getting your shit together and dealing with it is that getting your shit together is primarily proactive. This is when you have time to strategize, focus, and commit, all things that I've walked you through on previous episodes of the podcast, whereas dealing with it is primarily reactive. Like I said, bad shit has already happened or is about to happen to you. 
and you're going to have to handle it. So the difference between being able and having the time to be proactive and being unable, not having the time to be proactive and simply having to be reactive is where calming the fuck down and dealing with it comes in. So we're basically talking about the difference here between having a lot of time to really carefully plan a trip, you know, get your shit together, get all your ducks in a row, and then having virtually no time at all when you oversleep and miss your flight and have to rebook your tickets sometime in the next half hour in order to get where you intended to be going and not completely miss out on whatever you intended to be doing when you got there. And this is where my three principles of dealing with it come in, and those are Take stock, identify your RIO, your realistic ideal outcome, and triage. And this is what they look like. In terms of taking stock, imagine that you just parachuted into enemy territory and you have a very short period of time to assess your situation, the risks, the potential for getting out of there, the potential for hiding long enough to be able to get out of there tomorrow morning, Whatever it might be, you need to take stock and you need to be able to assess things pretty darn quickly. And the way to do that is to focus on the nuts and bolts, the simple facts. What just happened? Where are you? What do you need to do to get out of this situation? You take stock. But also, side note here, uh, notice that I said you want to be able to identify and assess what has happened and what your next steps might be quickly, but you do not necessarily want to take those steps quickly because rash actions usually make everything worse. So just hold on one minute. We're going to go through the next two principles of dealing with it before you get to actually taking action. The second principle of dealing with it is to identify your RIO, your RIO, and that is your realistic ideal outcome. So remember earlier when I said that you need to be able to accept reality, accept the things you can't control before you're able to address them. And you know I love realistic, achievable goals. This is kind of my whole deal. Um, Your realistic ideal outcome, your Rio, is the intersection of what would be ideal for you, getting out of enemy territory immediately and with no grievous bodily harm, And what you know in your heart is realistic. Did you break an ankle? Maybe it's not going to be so easy for you to jump over that wall. Um, You know, you have to be able to ask yourself honestly, what can I control? What am I actually capable of? And then how does that intersect with the most ideal outcome that I could achieve based on whatever is realistic? So just as an example here, let's say that you dropped your great-grandfather's antique watch overboard on a cruise in the Atlantic Ocean. It is gone, okay? That is a total shitstorm, and a full fix is off the table. You are not getting that watch back. The best you can hope for here, your most realistic and ideal outcome, is to get the value of the watch back, not the sentimental value, Uh, but the monetary value of the watch back by filling out all of the paperwork swiftly and completely that you need to do with your insurance company to get reimbursed. It was a big mistake. It was a total shitstorm. You're not going to be able to get the watch back, but you can perform a salvage job by calming down, assessing the situation, determining your realistic ideal outcome, and then moving forward to make that outcome happen. 
And in many cases, there can be a range of realistic scenarios. The question of which one of them is ideal is totally up to you. That is subjective. What is ideal for you? So, for example, let's say that you are due to get married in two weeks and you discover that your fiancé is maintaining a very active online dating profile. There's quite the range of realistic outcomes here. You could decide to call the whole thing off. Uh, You could decide to postpone the wedding while you hear her out. You could decide to kiss and make up and proceed guns blazing down the aisle in two weeks. First, when you come upon that Tinder page, you know, you take stock. You decide, is this something you want to pursue or not? You decide if you want to confront her or not. And once you do, you decide if you want to believe her explanation or not. And then you choose the realistic, ideal outcome for you and pursue it. In any case, the way you determine your Rio, your realistic ideal outcome, is to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest about what's possible, uh, about what you can control and what you can't. You have to be honest about what you want, honest about what you're capable of doing to get there. And then you can move forward into the third principle of dealing with it, which is triage. And I'm going to admit right up front here that triage is just a fancy word for prioritizing, which is part of all of the advice I give about getting your fucks in order and cleaning out your mental barn and getting your shit together and calming the fuck down. I believe in prioritizing and particularly in prioritizing based on urgency, just like a nurse in the emergency room has to conduct triage on incoming patients. An emergency room only has so many beds to go around, and it only has so many staff members to go around compressing chests and changing bedpans and giving morphine shots and sending the most dire cases to the head of the line, knowing that the guy with a broken thumb is going to be okay waiting it out for another three hours in the ER waiting room. Just like an emergency room nurse, you have to perform triage. You're performing mental triage. You only have so many resources, so many freakout funds, that time, energy, and money I'm always talking about, to devote to your personal emergencies. So you're going to need to prioritize by urgency and be able to triage the total shitstorms that befall you once you have taken stock, determined your realistic ideal outcome, Then you go forward and you prioritize by urgency. You control the things that you can, address the things that you can control in order of priority. What is going to help you the most and the fastest to solve this situation or mitigate the fallout? So coming up, I'm going to give you an example from my own personal archives of a time when I had to take stock, identify my RIO, and triage the fuck out of a total shitstorm of my own making, by the way. Okay, folks, picture it. Cambridge, Massachusetts, 1998. The midterm is approaching, and you are currently failing. And by you, I mean me. Science A35, matter in the universe. I'd say it's time to take stock, wouldn't you? In fact, it's probably well past time to take stock, but what are you going to do? I was 19 years old. I hadn't invented all these great tools yet. So what did it mean for me that I was on my way to failing this class just before the midterm approached? Unfortunately, when I took stock and I learned that once you've taken the midterm, your grade stands. You can't drop the class without the grade remaining on your permanent record. I was like, oh shit, I guess that means I need to make some decisions real, real soon. 
And perhaps an ideal outcome would be that I improved both my study habits and my ability to comprehend science within the couple weeks that it was going to take for me to ace the midterm and bring my grade up to passing. Unfortunately, that was not realistic. Realistic was going to be to drop the class, and ideal was going to be to drop the class before the midterm so that that grade didn't stand on my permanent record. After that, I was going to have to figure out how I was going to fit that course back in in my next several semesters of course load, um, perhaps getting rid of an elective that I would have preferred to take so that I could, again, complete this core requirement for graduation purposes. But when it comes to triaging, the most important thing I needed to do to prioritize by urgency was get the course dropping paperwork in ASAP. That was the first thing that needed to be done. And after that, I could figure out how I was going to fit Science A35 back into my life sometime in the next 18 months and come out of it with at least a D, which, by the way, I did. So success. So that's one personal example of me just fucking dealing with it, again, on a shitstorm of my own design. Uh, but how about something that just happens to you? Let's say you have a friend's 30th birthday party, and it's in another city, and you're flying in for the weekend, and your flight gets canceled. First, you're going to need to take stock, okay? What time is it now? How long does it take you to fly to Boston? What time do the festivities begin? Are there any other flights that can get you there on time? Or maybe trains? Or buses? Or non-threatening guys named Ben that are going in that direction? Now, depending on your answers to those questions, there could be a number of realistic outcomes here. You may realistically be able to land in time for dinner. You may realistically be able to get yourself to Beantown in time for after-hours club hopping. But if the only replacement flight or train or bus or guy named Ben... Uh, that can get you there is going to drop you off at 5 a.m. after the club hopping's over and your friends have come home and they're probably likely to bail on the birthday brunch tomorrow, do you really want to be there hanging out with their hungover asses, you know, in town for a grand total of 10 hours? Or are you just going to cut your losses and say, I'm so sorry, my flight got canceled, I can't make it? These are all of the realistic outcomes. It's up to you to decide your ideal version. Find your RIO, your RIO. And then, in terms of triaging, you set your priorities in service to your RIO. You know, this is going to require spending more time and energy and possibly more money finding an alternate way to get to the party. Do you want to spend it? Or maybe you're getting your money refunded from the canceled flight and you know there's no way you can get there in time to enjoy dinner in the club, so you put some of the dollars from that canceled ticket towards sending complimentary bottle service to your friend with a note that says, sorry, I couldn't be there. In any case, the clock is ticking. Your friend's only going to turn 30 once. So take stock, identify your realistic, ideal outcome, and then prioritize, based on urgency, triage, to get yourself to that outcome as quickly and simply and easily and pleasantly as possible. Or here's another example, okay, a more serious one. Let's say that a big, bad storm has blown through town. Let's call it an, an actual Category 4 shitstorm. You are going to have to take stock. You're going to have to walk around your property. Let's assume you have property in this scenario. You want to assess the scope of the destruction. You want to take inventory, okay? That's step one. Step two, identify your realistic, ideal outcome here. 
And all of that depends on how much destruction there is. You know, can you realistically be back in your house tonight if you board up your front door today? Or are you realistically going to need a hotel for the next two weeks because your roof is caved in? And by the way, I don't want to make light of this situation. Uh, My husband's family went through Katrina in New Orleans. We live in a place that's due to get hit by Cat 5 hurricane any summer now. Uh, And I have friends who lost their homes in Houston during recent storm seasons. This is a big deal. The whole point of what I'm trying to get across in episode 25 of this podcast is that, yes, it's a big deal. And yes, it sucks. And yes, it's hard. But we still got to fucking deal with it. So the best way to do that is to take stock and then, as I said, identify your realistic, ideal outcome. After that, you got to triage. Prioritize by urgency. And I'm going to give you a pro tip here because no matter how bad, uh, relatively, it is, you're going to want to take photos. So do that right now. You're going to need them for any insurance claim that you might want to file today or in two weeks. And, of course, from there, there is a whole host of shit that could have gone wrong here, and it's up to you personally to prioritize by what is most urgent for you, for the safety of your family, for the preservation of what's left of your house. You know, mold is some insidious shit, so if we're talking about a massive rainstorm or a flood, uh, you're going to want to get that standing water cleaned up as quickly as possible. If we're talking about downed power lines, you're going to want to clear out and wait for the professionals to handle it. There's a lot of stuff that you're going to have to do. It's not going to be fun. You are going to want to freak out. You're even allowed to freak out a little bit. This is a big deal. But the three principles of dealing with it, take stock, identify your realistic ideal outcome, and then triage, prioritize by urgency the things you can control, is going to be your best way forward. I promise. And to that end, in the back half of my book, Calm the Fuck Down, in the part called And Just Fucking Deal With It, I created what I like to refer to as my catalog of terror. And it takes you from the relatively painless shit through the tedious shit to the really big bad shit that could and probably will, sorry to say, happen to you at one time or another in this thing called life. We're talking anything from getting a bad haircut to getting yelled at by your boss to getting your car towed or finding out you owe back taxes to the government. It could be worse. Maybe you broke a semi-important bone. Maybe the pipes in your house froze and burst. Maybe you did something shitty and your best friend is mad at you. Or maybe we're talking really heavy shit. You got robbed. You were in physical danger. You're getting divorced. You're struggling to conceive. Maybe you were diagnosed with something really, really bad. Maybe it's just bed bugs. Um, but also maybe you're dealing with death of someone you know and love. You know, you're dealing with grief. And the operative words there are dealing with it. You gotta deal with it. And what I can tell you from years of practice and years of instruction and years of reader mail and feedback is that these principles do work. Assuming you have been able to calm the fuck down, and like I said, you can go back to the earlier episodes of the podcast to get a little update, a primer on that part of it, you can deal with it. You can break it down into small, manageable chunks, one of my very favorite things to do. You can take stock, you can identify that realistic, ideal outcome, and then you can triage the fuck out of it 
and prioritize by urgency to address the things you can control. My whole thing with the No Fucks Given guides and with this podcast is to try to break it down for people logically and rationally. So in their most illogical, irrational moments, they have some kind of an anchor, some kind of an easy two or three step process to get them from point A to point Z in the most efficient and pleasant and productive way possible. And that includes at the very worst times, you know, after those total shitstorms have landed and blown your life to smithereens. You got to be able to get past it, to get through it, to get over it. You got to be able to just fucking deal with it. Coming up, I am going to give your NFG tip of the week. But first, I just want to do a quick recap of everything we talked about today. Number one, remember that dealing with it is a spectrum, not expecting you to be able to fully fix whatever happened every single time. You might be able to apply a full fix. You might remember that you left your phone on the bus and be able to catch up to the bus in time. Uh, But you also might be looking to perform a salvage job, and there are usually a lot of realistic outcomes, and you get to identify your most ideal one when you are attempting a salvage job. And then There is just basic survival. So dealing with it comes on a spectrum and you just do what's right for you, what's possible, what you are capable of, and you mitigate it as best you can. Next up, I talked about the three principles of dealing with it. Take stock. You assess swiftly the nuts and bolts of what has happened to you and what you need to do to fix it. You identify your RIO, your realistic ideal outcome in which you accept reality and be honest with yourself about what you can do to make this better. And then you triage, you prioritize by urgency. I told you all about my woes from Science A35, Matter in the Universe, and gave you a few more examples of the three principles in action, including some really harsh ones. So, you know, you get a bad haircut and your realistic ideal outcome is just to not look like a goofball while your hair's growing out, So, you know, may I introduce you to the concept of bobby pins, barrettes, hats, kerchiefs, or the concept of not giving a fuck. But then you might be dealing with something really difficult. Maybe your marriage is dissolving and you're headed toward a divorce. And your realistic ideal outcome could be any number of things. It could be to get through this as amicably as possible with your ex. It could be to take them for everything they're worth, including the Instant Pot. Or it could just be getting through all of it without crying in public, or at least without crying in front of your kids. Like I said, these are questions you have to ask yourself and answer honestly to determine your realistic ideal outcome. And then you just go into triage mode and you prioritize by urgency whatever actions you can take and things that you can control to get you to that RIO. And with that, it is time for this week's NFG tip of the week. Get bent, a bonus principle. All right, I told you that there were three principles of dealing with it, but there's actually one extra. Sometimes you have to be flexible. This, I admit, does not come naturally to me. I am a very literal thinker, which is great for writing and was great for my career as a book editor, uh, but it's not so great for when somebody or the universe changes the rules, okay? When those total shitstorms happen, 
that are out of your control, maybe you didn't even see them coming, that is not a thing that I have historically been really good at dealing with until I sorted out my shit and I wrote Calm the Fuck Down and I've spent the last five years explaining it to people like you. This is a lesson that I learned a little bit too late. It doesn't really matter why something happened or who changed the rules, if anyone. All that matters is it happened, they changed, and now you have to just fucking deal with it. So you need to be flexible. And what I like to tell people is remember, if you're still bending, you are not broken. And that's going to do it for episode 25 of the No Fucks Given podcast. Next week, I am going to be putting a pin in season one. So it's going to be the final episode of season one. And I'm going to take a little walk down memory lane and talk about some of my favorite episodes and some of the great feedback that I got on them and some of the maybe not so great feedback too, because I'm not afraid to share that. Um, And even though it hasn't been a month yet since the last You Asked For It audio advice column, I'm probably going to sprinkle in a few more of those questions because I have so many sitting in my inbox that I would like to answer. Uh, And apart from that, thank you so much for listening. We've been on the air for six months. We have over a million downloads. We have over a thousand reviews and a lot of satisfied listeners, plus a couple of bitches in my inbox. I hope that you will tune in for the final episode of season one, episode 26. And if you've been loving the podcast, tell your friends so they can catch up by following on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their shows. And you can always binge from the beginning on my website at nofucksgivenguides.com slash podcast. If you want more of Sarah Knight in your life while the podcast is on pause, you can check out all the No Fucks Given guides and the journals and all the fun free stuff on my website. And until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry. Sorry.